Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Uh, well, welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You got with us today, uh, Stephen, and uh, and I am the Knucklehead. And I say and I say that uh, with pride. With pride, um, it's actually a little bit of a magnet in a way. It seems like it seems like the closet Knuckleheads wants to come out want want to come out and be like, hey, listen, it's okay to be a Knucklehead from time to time. They're all of a sudden their branding goes from like resident expert to hey, listen, I screwed up too. It is what it is, but. Uh, I want y'all to buckle up, and, and the reason why I want you to buckle up is a couple reasons. One, we've got somebody who's gone through a significant amount of change, not only in their life, but really over the last 365 days. If you can quantify time for a second, what that means is he's changed the trajectory of his life, and I can't, I cannot wait. I literally cannot wait for you to hear from Robert, the warrior strategist, Garcia. So, welcome to the show, Robert. Thanks, Stephen, and uh, you are an unbelievably patient man, uh, putting up with my schedule and my shenanigans over over the last couple months. We've tried to link up. Listen, I've been big time a time or two in my lifetime, so I understand how this works. It's just one of those things where talk to my secretary, get in touch with my calendar, and uh, if you're in sales and you, and you're in business development, you understand what Calendly is. When you get a link, it's all really all it's all, it's like a cock block for for those of you who uh, who just don't know how that works yet, but. Anyway, Robert, no, it's all good, man. I like giving you a hard time. Um, you were in the military, though, right? Is that or, or were you in what branch well, of service? Close, were close you? enough, Air Force. You know. Okay. All right. Well, we'll just leave that at that then. God bless you, Seer folks. I'll just put it to you that way. Just mess with you, man. Um, <laughs> my both of my grand both of my grandfathers were in the Air Force, and so like nobody else in my family for some reason they it's almost like they almost disowned me when I joined the Marine Corps. But then they were almost. It's like they started telling people about it. So this, this, it's it's funny how the conversations and stories change. But listen, this is Knucklehead, and for those for those of you who are brand new listeners, um, you're not going to get a whole bunch of frou frou crap here. You're going to get a you're going to get some down and dirty, you know, um, authenticity about failure, life, uh, things that we've screwed up, businesses, um, money, relationships, you name it. Uh, we've had people uh, who've been divorced, who people who've uh, restored their marriages, people who've failed in business. And the reason why I think um, failure in the underdog story is so compelling is not because uh, Robert is an underdog himself, but his story uh, is one that people can relate to. It's one that people can draw inspiration from. It's one that people who don't have a plan can get a plan from. It's those of you who are high level can really kind of get it the high level. You can kind of get that, you know, scratch itched, so to speak. Robert's gonna Robert's gonna bring it, so I'm I'm really excited for him to kind of get into the uh, the X's and O's. And hey, you know what? If he says something of substance, you might be able to get in touch with him afterwards. So uh, for that, Robert, how can we not be beta? Tell people a little bit about you. Tell people a little bit about your story. Uh, I'm interested in 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 it all, man. So start start us off with something interesting. Yeah, man. I uh, I grew up in a logging town uh, in Northern California called Eureka. I was raised by almost all women. I had no male role models, and my family was almost all drug addicts and alcoholics. I'm talking, I mapped it out one day. It was like 95%. Uh, prison, drugs, alcoholics, child molesters. Uh, it was it was very a very unusual upbringing. So by the time I uh, was When you 14, say you mapped it out, what does that mean? 
Holy oh, I, I got a piece of paper out, and I wrote down everybody's name that I can remember in my family, and I, I made four categories, drugs, prison, alcohol, or uh, uh, something else, and like 90, 95% had at least one or more dots in all these categories. My God. What? Okay. All right. Okay. So you're a product of your environment, right? Um, when I say you're a product of your environment, there was a fifth category, I'm sure, and everybody else listed in there, and you put your name in that category. Yeah, it's me and my uh, my sister and I, and like one grandmother and one aunt were the only ones that fairly were fairly normal. Um, I had uh, I just remember growing up and 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 I moved. Okay, let me give you an idea. From first grade to eleventh grade, I moved sixteen times, sixteen times, and it was just because of family instability. Um, uh, just going through a lot of stuff, and uh, it, it was just rough, man. It was all in the same city. It was all I, I got to stay in the same school, so that was cool. But I, I was just dealing with a parent that was really um, wild and uh, going through her own her own issues. And, Did you know, you know your dad? Her. No, he left when I was three. They split up and he moved back to Mexico. So I've never had a dad. Wow. Um, I've never had a male role model. I uh, by the time I was fourteen, I was on a real bad path. I, I had a learning disability and I couldn't focus on anything. Um, I was living in my grandmother's house, which was like a hoarder house, and uh, it was floor to ceiling garbage. My uncle would break into my room and, and steal my stuff to buy meth. Okay, time um, out, time out, time out. Sorry, I gotta stop you. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people who are gonna gloss over this as kind of like a, oh, geez, it's one of these stories. This guy's, no, things were terrible. But this is this is something where I, I kind of want to um, I want to hone in on. Um, what was your first of all? What was your uncle doing in your house? And then second of all, like, how did you? Uh, were you bigger than these folks, or were were you just the, the run of the litter? Like, help me understand a little bit more about context here. I, mean, yeah. I don't want to hold. I don't want to hone in on this. I just I just think it's it's important because there's a lot of things that are surfacing here. Okay. Yeah. My my uh, grandmother's house was like. Just people were in and out a lot of times. Uh, your, was your grandmother one of the 16 places that you were talking about that she lived in? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember because uh, I'm thinking specifically when I was 14, like first year of high school. Just I was this little short kid skateboarding to school in like moldy clothes and I was just miserable. But yeah, I'd have relatives come in. Almost all of them had like serious drug and alcohol issues. Um, and uh you know, bikers. I mean, just just some of it was just insane. Scum and of the so, earth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, I don't yeah. mean to, to excuse no, no, no. my language, but you know call what I mean. Call it how you see it, dude, because it's yeah, true. That's. I mean, the lowest of the low is is people who feed. I mean, that's manipulative and just that's just that's just disgusting. All right, so <laughs> the so this this is where you grew up. How did you? What was the? I guess what was the first? What was the first indication to you as you're going through this whole process that you were different? I, I just knew I had set some kind of moral compass in the back of my head that kept me from smoking pot like a lot of my friends because I grew up in Humboldt County. It's the pot capital of the of the nation, uh -huh. and I just skateboarded a lot and I just didn't drink. I didn't. I didn't smoke pot. I, I just. I didn't join gangs. I didn't do stupid stuff. I, I just knew, even though my grades were all D's and F's, I, I knew it was right and I knew it was wrong. And it just, uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I just saw everyone around me, all this, this high levels of failure and all these people messing up their lives. And I, I knew that even though I was wretched at the time, that I, I, that wasn't, I didn't want that for my life. 100%. My goodness. Um, well, first of all, you had a, 
wisdom in your young age, which wisdom I've always heard is is uh, learning from other people's experiences. And it sounds like you were able to at least separate yourself from other people's mistakes at the time. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you, you were um, you were destined to be the same that they were, but how did? I mean, I got to be honest. Like, was it something that you and your sister did? Did you did you and your sister like just make a pact and say, "Hey, this is ridiculous. We're never we're we're separating ourselves from this." This is completely true, and it's you're never going to believe this. Like, my sister and I are. First of all, we're half. We have the same dad, different moms. Okay. Um, both our moms had substance abuse issues, and we didn't know about each other until I was 15, I think. No, I was, I was 17. It was my senior year of high school, and she was, like, in eighth grade. That was the first time we met. Our moms, you know, knew about each other and, and, and never just told us. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. This is what we dealt with. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's, let's, fast, let's fast forward to, I guess, after meeting your sister. What, I, mean, what, that's, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, how do you even – how do you even – I guess there's so many commonalities between probably both of your stories. What was that conversation like whenever y'all first got together? Uh, I, I was just really weirded out. She was uh, emaciated. She was she was starving because her mom was uh, was not feeding her, and uh, there's a lot of emotional neglect and abuse going on. So we talked a little bit, um, and we you know we hung out a little bit, just trying to get to know each other. You know, a complete stranger walks into your life, and. and uh, and, and we were separated for a couple of years. She ended up moving to Louisiana, and uh, she had two kids fairly young. I want to say 19 or 20. Um, and, but we didn't see each other for years after that. And so I failed out of high school academically. I was never a bad kid, but I just had such an awful you know, living environment that I just couldn't focus on anything. And I didn't know about college. I didn't have any hope. Um and then I went to junior college after I got my equivalency, and then uh, and then I failed out of that too, trying to study electronics. But I, I wanted to study electronics; like I had the desire. I just couldn't focus. I didn't have the math skills, so my brain couldn't keep up with my desire. If that made sense, yeah. Like I, I couldn't sit in the classroom and just listen to a guy talking about circuit theory and diodes and, and transistors for forty five minutes without my mind just wandering. Let's let's keep it English here. You know what I'm saying? Let's keep it. Let's keep the language English. I'm just messing with you. If there's engineers there, you can understand the humor and the uh, the poke at diodes. Um, anyway, so my the reason why I I, I bring that up is for uh, well, I, it's I think there's a lot of people who can relate to uh, just that feeling of all right. Well, if everybody else around me is just a screw up. And, um, you know, my path is kind of destined to, I'm, I'm, all I'm doing is repeating failure over and over again. And I keep on struggling to succeed. Where did you, did you just turn to the military because, or did you see somebody who did that or like to walk me through the steps to get you to, um, I don't know what the air force has. Do they have yellow footprints or what do they have? Um, they have a caviar machine, tennis lessons, you know, I mean, uh, it's the Air Force. No, um, I had to, I had to fail one more time hard before I, uh, before I actually joined. Um, I, I moved 1500 miles away to Phoenix to go to DeVry to go to electronic school. Oh, right on. Uh, I didn't know anybody. Like I literally didn't know one person. I had my roommate, the school set it up and I just drove 1500 miles away to an apartment to, with a stranger and then just started going to school. And most people are kind of weirded out by that experience. I didn't care. I had nothing to lose. Yeah. And, um, and so for two years, I pretty much slept on the floor. I couldn't afford meat. Uh, I just ate rice most of the time. And um, eventually, I did okay for a while, but then I, I failed out. 
uh, met a recruiter, and then joined the Air Force at 21. And uh, that was the first time I had discipline and stability in my life. And back then, you, the Marines are going to really want to beat me up for this one. Back then, basic training was six weeks. <laughs> well, I don't know if the Marines would care too much. They would think, oh, yeah, that sounds like the Air Force. Uh, but I, I do I, – I can appreciate the uh, – uh, the poke at our at our training and most and most Marines that went through boot camp in like late two thousands would probably poke fun at the uh, at the nineteen eighties Marines if you know what I'm saying. Not, it's not exactly like Stanley Kubrick uh, had to or what is his name Kubrick from Full Metal Jacket had to uh, had to reach too far back. There's some crazy stories there. Um, but anyway, let's uh, all right. Let's 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 stay on task here. One because I think that a lot of what you're talking about is what I hear a lot of people talking about the reason why they screw up. Like, for instance, oh, you don't understand. My dad didn't support me. Or, oh, I didn't have a family growing up. Or, you know, my my uh, my parents or family was a, you know, I come, I come from failure, so therefore that justifies my lack of success, so to speak. Um, a lot of what you're, you're saying is very compelling. But I'm interested, why did you use this as fuel to do what you're doing now or or how did that conversion take place? Or what was it that you experienced that that helped to conjure up some of some of uh, some of why you do what you do, or why I guess why you did what you did? I joined the Air Force so that I could eat chicken. I'm not even trying to be funny. Like that was my that was my underlying reason that to go to college. But I, I just want to eat, and so uh, I joined, and then. Um, with discipline and stability, like I started working on bombers. I, I finished electronics school barely. I almost failed out at school too. It was like nine months long. Um, barely made it, and then uh, started going to college. I started like I, I finished like in one enlistment. I got like a bachelor's and two associates, and then I moved to San Diego, and that's when things started getting really interesting. That's when um, I became a tow truck driver. You know, just, just, I didn't have any idea like what to do with my life. Even with a bachelor's degree, Air Force experience, all the stuff, I just towed trucks and uh, enrolled in MBA school. And I read a Tony Robbins book. I broke up with some girl. I was just very distraught. And then that's when it started getting, like, I started running at the beach. I started, like, setting goals and saying I can do more for myself and, you know, let, let's see what we can do. And then, and then from then on, man, from about 27 on, I'm 42 now. Um, 27 started the progression of, uh, of achievement and, and realizing that I was a little different from people around me. It's time to actually take advantage of the craziness. Isn't that and crazy? You've always been different. You've all, I mean, from there, always. always, like it didn't start at 27. You just realized it at 27. And then, and then yeah. I mean, it, working in what you do now, like, first of all, tell people what you do now. Like what, what is it that you do? Uh, I own Shift Advanced Life Design Magazine, a digital magazine where I've interviewed uh, guys from SEAL Team 6, uh, Delta Force, uh, New York Times bestselling authors, uh, all kinds of people, all kinds of like high-end millionaires. Um, and then my primary uh, thing is Rob the Warrior Strategist Consulting, where I, I teach entrepreneurs how to grow their businesses, get media appearances, all that stuff. I uh, Like today, I got on Facebook for, for about, I'd say, 40 minutes. I got five media appearances, 40 minutes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Just from a quaint town of drug addicts and and uh, losers, for lack of a better term. Yeah, degenerates. Just yeah. filth. I mean, there's still people. What is that? No, th- these are all my media appearances pending. That's awesome. <laughs> You're on here. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I couldn't. Well, it is. It is what it is. Remember, this is Knucklehead Podcast, not 
I can see clearly what's written on that notepad podcast. Um, anyway, uh, so the reason why, actually not let, let's let's get away from the reasons for a second. I, I like I like that story um, because it's not a it's not just a story that is is it, that it that it there's a hook there's a, a crescendo there's what's what's interesting and most incredible about your story is there never was a clear definable moment. It was, it was this, it was, you just felt like at 27, oh, well you, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start running on the beach and setting goals. Um, let's talk about what 27 to 30 was like versus 24 to 27, if it's okay. Let's just, let's hone in on some specific things that really was, that really were, I guess, big failures from 24 to 27 and what your perspective was that was different. Or, or did you have a different perspective between 27 and 30, between 24 and 27? 24, 27, I was just getting my MBA, and I really didn't have any goals at all. Uh, I'd just get a job, you know, do something, make some money. That was literally it. It, was, it wasn't a very wide sphere of, uh, scope of thinking. Okay. Um, and then 27 to 30, I just lost my freaking mind. And um, like I said, I read the Tony Robbins book, and I started to realize I can do a lot more in my life. And a lot of people, a lot of people less, lesser than me, went on to do amazing things. So the first thing I did was I – I joined the reserves, so I got back in the uniform, and that was a, a big step. That was huge for me. Um, and then uh, I, I, I finished my MBA. So I, I was teaching at that time. I was teaching high school, and I ended up uh, to to prove to my kids that um, to leave from the front. I enrolled in a doctoral program. I was I was thirty years old, and I said, "Okay, I'm just going to commit the next six seven years of my life, however long this takes, to get this done." Uh, knowing I have a learning disability, knowing I was probably going to run out of money, knowing that uh, that the fifty percent, you know, fifty percent of people that get in these programs drop out, um, and from then on, man, I just I just went down this crazy path. I started writing books. I founded my first company. I started like getting TV appearances. Um, I just kept pushing. Yeah. Well, in that, and so there's a lot, there's a lot to, uh, to really unpack there, but let's, let's bring this back to, um, 2018 for a second. So in your observations, so what the things that you've seen change, how have people, uh, how have people, I guess, interacted with you differently now, uh, than your first business? And I guess, what was your first business? Um, my first business is called Blue Dragon Enterprises, and that's what a lot of people know me as. They associate me with Blue Dragon. It was a skateboarding company, believe it or not. Um, that transitioned into life coaching because so many people were coming up to me just because of my common sense approach to stuff. And like, hey, should I keep going out with this guy? Hey, I don't know what to do next in my life. Hey, I need some help figuring these decisions out. And I'm just very, I'm, I'm like you, man, just, just straightforward. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just shoot you straight, you know. Hey, that guy's a scumbag. She's on three of his girlfriends. You know, maybe you should leave him. You know, just, just, I, I don't, I, I don't beat around the bush of people. I don't spare feelings. Sometimes that's great. Sometimes that's terrible for relationships. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, we need, we, we all need more honesty in our lives. And I, I respect the, the heck out of people that are just straight up with me about stuff that are, you know, tactful. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you. I'm glad you said you look at it like that. Sometimes I, I'll be honest, man. Sometimes I get butt hurt. I get, you know, I get feeling sorry for myself. I think it's an old pattern. It's weird, you know. It's like I, when people start really getting honest with me and telling me exactly what I need to hear instead of what I want to hear. I, I like feel sorry for myself. It's 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 kind of I kind I kind of feel like it's a little bit more uh, new Marine Corps versus old Marine Corps. You know, it's kind of like the difference between millennials and 
and uh, folks who've been there done that. But um, it's interesting, the old way of thinking, like we're all a creature of habit, right? However, we can also make a decision, kind of like what you did at 27, to, uh, to choose to react to circumstances differently. Uh, it's kind of like how I tell my kids. It's like you can either do two, you can do one of two things. You can you can decide to do what everybody else is doing, or you can decide to do what you feel like is right. And then people will start to follow you. And those that don't, let them let them leave. Just go away. Yeah. So you you'll attract your tribe, and I'm I'm finding that out. And and you ask the difference between the way people treat me uh, these days. Um, there's a reverence. And I'm not trying to sound all high and mighty like I'm some important guy, but there is definitely a reverence in the way that people talk about me. And, and I'm very grateful. I mean, it means I'm serving my audience properly. Yeah. Um, but people are sharing my stuff without me asking them. People are, you know, recommending me to others. They're reaching out to me for partnerships. But there's definitely a level at which I've I've uh, ascended a little from far from where I was. You know, and I'm, did you I'm, anticipate uh, that? Did you map that out, or was that something that happened as a result of just consistency? No, and I'm being called an influencer. I've been called an influencer by numerous people now. I've never once applied that term to myself. I really don't like it. Yeah. But the fact that people use that to describe me is is awesome. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm very flattered by it. But yeah. uh, it definitely is at another level, and especially in 2018, I had two very very high level coaches on the same day give me the same advice. They're like, you've hit a new level where uh, in business and you need to create layers because people shouldn't be able to reach you on the same day. Like you, you need to have a buffer between you and the general population. You're not the same Rob anymore, you know, accept it. And I was like, wow. That's way different than let's go tow some trucks or let's go swap. Yeah. Out yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go drink some Coors Lights and go to the country bar and hang out. No, yeah, it's it's uh, now it's more like, oh hey, we want you to speak at uh, at our event, and uh, you know, uh, we want you to be a keynote speaker. We want you to. Uh, I'd like you to, to partner up with me on this book. I'd like you to do a forty thousand dollars coaching program with me. We're going to launch next year. You know, just just opportunities are a lot higher level, and I'm, I'm super grateful. But I've I've also worked really hard to get here. You know, well, you you've seen failed my stuff. a lot. You failed a lot. You, oh, yeah. you, you failed oh, yeah. a lot. Let's let's call it what it is. If every single thing that you did was a home run, then we wouldn't be talking, right? But that's the point. That's the point. That's the whole point of screwing up and failure and messing up. And that's and that's what I love about stories like yours. Yeah, the the um, you know, there there have been a lot of times when I've tried to do something and I, I knew it was going to fail, but I did it anyway. Just to, and you, you'll love this, man. I've done stuff to fail just to have the experience. So I'll give you a perfect example. This year, I'm in my hometown. It was my dream, my freaking dream to go to my hometown and to throw my own branded event. And so I had like nine days to do it. And I set it up, Red Lion, ballroom. Uh, food, all this stuff. I, I alerted the media. I had all these like, you know, partnerships, all this stuff. And like four people showed up. And my sister was like, oh my God, you must feel so bad. You must be crushed. And I was like, no. I nailed the presentation. Those four people were all directors of major nonprofits. That One of them hired me as a consultant, a paid consultant. And then um, I, I get, you know, I have all kinds of social currency now because of that. So nine out of 10 of those metrics worked, just attendance. And that's because I did it like very, very short notice. Like an event, you have to start off two months out, three months out. And, and 
dude, it cost me 500 bucks. I got a branding shoot out of it and I learned how to host an event. And then this last event I had, we hit five figures in sales. So embrace failure, right? If it's not catastrophic, if it's not putting you on the street, learn from your failure. I knew I was going to go in there and, and, and probably flame out and that's okay. I, I embraced it. I worked it. All those people had an amazing experience. I, I spoke well. I, I was in a suit like a, like an offended. I felt great. Awesome. Love it. I love it. Amari Broussard, who was just on the podcast a couple weeks ago, he he mentioned how Yeah, Amar, Amari's a so Amari Amari's kind of one of those those guys that you like you you looked at and you can kind of keep your nose to the grindstone and all of a sudden you look up and you realize he's probably about twenty paces ahead of you and you're like, gosh, man, I can't keep up with that guy. I just working my tail off. How, how's that happen? Anyway, he's 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 talking about how like he knows three out of ten times he may get a hit, but seven out of 10 times, he's going to screw up. So he's like, how many times of 10 can I, can I replicate day in and day out, just making it happen? And that's all your story was. I mean, just what are the metrics? What are the, what are the key components to what it is that I guess makes a successful event? And, and, uh, and you did it. So that's, that's awesome. All right. So let's, let's wrap, let's put a bow on this thing. Um, how can people find you? You talked about consultancy. You've talked about failure, talked about things that are, that are valuable. Help people understand what the best way to get in touch with you. And don't make it the easiest way, but just help people understand how to best, the best way to get in touch with you. Yeah, just go on my website, yournextlevelofsuccess.com. And I have a free con- consulting for like 20-minute phone calls just to talk about your situation and find out what's going on. Um, that's, the, that's the quickest way. And then my magazine, shiftlifedesign.com. Okay. All right. So uh, you said it right there. All right. So repeat that website one more time because there may be some knuckleheads out there besides me. Yournextlevelofsuccess.com. Yournextlevelofsuccess.com. And we sell and we spell that like the, the normal English way. It's not like your like Chick-fil-A does their advertisements or anything like that, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. phonetically correct. Good to go. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, I appreciate you clearing that up. All right. So uh, there you have it, folks. Listen, you cannot be uh, the beta of your life. Because there will be an alpha somewhere that tells you how to live. Um, there's a lot of people who want to go through the process of trial and try, fail, and adjust, and that's fine. Uh, but don't make your entire life about trying and failing and just accepting it, wallowing in your in your mess. Uh, don't be beta. Go out there and get yourself some wins. That's that's the whole thought process of Knucklehead Podcast. We we're tired of people who who uh, consistently just try to bring you. Uh, the secret sauce when in fact really what it is is you getting off your tail, getting out there and getting yourself some wins uh, by failing. Imagine that. A win is a failure. A failure is a win. I mean, I think the biggest success or excuse me, the biggest failure that most people have is they just don't go out there and try because they think that they can't. And so Rob's a really good example of people who can um, who can come from a environment where where there's not a whole lot of of uh, accomplishment taking place and they can parlay that uh, to go out and actually trust folks, actually build relationships with people and bring significant value. So I'm excited, uh, not only what he has coming up, but uh, for you for taking the step and maybe getting in touch with him and figuring out what the next steps are for your life. So anyway, Knucklehead Podcast, you can listen to us every Tuesday, come out with a new episode. If we miss, hey, it's, it's probably because we're out there screwing up and failing and making it happen. Last week, we actually did an episode, and some of our listeners said that was terrible. You mailed that one in. You screwed that up. So we didn't publish it. So get over it. Um, You'll be fine. Um, This one's going to be coming out here soon. Um, 
it just is what it is. So every Tuesday you can listen to us. We're on Instagram, not quite podcast. We're on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us uh, on LinkedIn, not quite promotions. So check it out. Um, anyway, Rob, we appreciate you taking some time, buddy. Thanks, man. This is great. Any party, any parting wisdom that you want to uh, leave on these folks? Yeah, no matter who you are, you know, um, failure is is out there and it scares some people, but don't let it scare you from your dreams. Your dreams are far more important than failure, and you might mess up a couple times, but you will win if you, you stick with it. I'm living proof. I hope somebody <laughs> hears that. It's never too late. If you need some help, you know how to get in touch with them. You know how to get in touch with us. We've got reports that this podcast, this this embracing of failure has stopped some of you from doing some stupid things. Get in touch with us. It's a challenge. Don't be like everybody else and take the easy way out. Reach out to us. Just because you're struggling and you're getting out of the military and you think that things are in an end. Uh, literally, I almost lost my entire family. Wife, kids, uh, pissed away a bunch of money, lost a business. Uh, and I can tell you right now, things things can always look up. There's always tomorrow. Uh, just make sure that if you're in that moment... You do the honorable thing, and that's reach out to somebody for some help. So, anyway, for that, uh, with that, we are we are wrapped. Rob, I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, brother. All right, man. Talk to you soon, guys. <laughs>